G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, February 11. I'm John Barker and joining me as usual, Dan Nuttall and Joel Marshall. Well, it's uh, Group 1 Racing is here again. Uh, Only just seemed to have disappeared, but uh, here we are, February 2023. And the first Group 1 of the calendar year in Australia is the CF War Stakes. There's actually a couple of Group 1s across the Tasman as well this Saturday. This is traditionally the day when the very best horses step out for the first time uh, for the new calendar year. Uh, the vast majority of uh, horses that go on to be named Australia's Horse of the Year have raced on this weekend. Over the years, most excitingly, Animo is back in the Apollo Stakes. Uh, another of the spring stars, Jackano, is taking on the CFO, which, of course, is uh, that group one that I mentioned. And then uh, our best bets colleague, Harry White, I noticed, wrote in his preview of the CFO, noting that uh, three-year-olds had only won two of the past 20 CFO stakes. But as I've written uh, in Winning Post this week, that is mainly because they don't often run on it because there's a 1,400-metre much easier three-year-old race on the same card. So really, generally, only about one three-year-old runs in it each year, uh, as is the case on Saturday. Jackano's the only three-year-old in the race. Uh, and in fact, the la- of the last 10 three-year-olds to have r- run in it, there are two winners, a second and two-thirds, which is uh, a pretty good strike rate, uh, I would have thought. Uh, thoughts on Jackano? Uh, I guess... Uh, opinions vary on how well he won first up. And that's another thing is that uh, first up and second up is, have pretty much split the CFO stakes over the years. Of it. In the last 20 years, 10 winners first up, 10 winners second up. What are your thoughts on the award, Ned? Yeah, look, a really intriguing race. Um, the Mick Price and Mick Ken have a, was a pretty good hand. Jack and O, the horse you mentioned, the three-year-old, very good colt who uh, also defeated the Smart In Secret in the Golden Rose last prep. And on Thunderstruck here first up with a if we wound up enough, we'll be um, we'll obviously find out on Saturday. But he's got a good first up record, and the jump outs have been good. So, whilst those two are the um, uh, the main two, and or two of the main ones in the market, I've, I've sort of looked elsewhere. We'll get to that a bit later. But uh, I think it's a really intriguing clash, a small smallish field, but uh, you can make a case. I thought for uh, nearly all of them, and I think there's a couple at a big price that can run a race too. In Sydney, meanwhile, at Randwick, Apollo Stakes and Animo, long odds on to be horse of the year and also odds on for the race on Saturday. Joel, I uh, know that you might have uh, found one to beat Animo, but uh, no spoilers at this stage. Also on the card at Randwick, a couple of feature two-year-old races, including the Inglis Millennium, uh, where we see the Golden Slipper favourite. And I can never work out how these market, how the markets for the major two-year-old races are worked out. Uh, at these early stages, but the early Golden Six Slipper favourite, Learning to Fly, is there, but has copped Barrier 19. Uh, interest in that race, Joel? Yeah, plenty of interest. Um, there's a couple of uh, fillies that I've got a lot of time for. Um, as you say, Learning to Fly, that wide gate. I thought she may have already begun to snuck out in the market, but I think they they might have pushed her out to, to $3, and then I saw just before 280 somewhere, so the She's gone out and come back in again. So clearly, wide draw, maybe not a negative, although um, still a bit to play out in the lead up to the race. A few of the other uh, handy horses that were looking like chances have drawn wide too in uh, Blanc de Blanc and even the Victorian visitor, Arkansas Kid, who trialled really well in Sydney a couple of weeks ago, and Saltair, who got beat by Blanc de Blanc and then came out and turned the tables at her next start. She's also drawn wide. So... I'm keen on a couple that are drawn much better. And, uh, yeah, it's um, I think a couple of them are capable of going on to a slipper out of this race. All righty. We'll get to all that very shortly. We'll take you right through the black type in both Melbourne and Sydney. And, in fact, uh, there's some in Adelaide, Perth and Hobart this weekend. So make sure you grab your winning post to catch up on all of it. Um, Caulfield will... Oh, sorry, Sandown, I should say. We'll tackle first. Sandown Hillside, this meeting usually at Corville. Um, and the first of the black type races is race two. It's that three-year-old race that I referenced before. Highland Race Colours, Autumn Stakes, Set Weights and Penalties, Group 2 for three-year-olds, 
worth 300,000. Joel? Uh, I'm keen on the fortune teller, number three. I was uh, with him for most of the spring prep and he only won the one race, but he was very competitive. Um, midfield in the Caulfield Guineas, not beaten far, and then third in the Carbine Club and second off a wide run in the Sandown Guineas. Just needs to have taken a little bit of a step forward, probably mentally, because I think he was a little bit backward in that department, uh, just sort of doing the odd thing wrong. But if he's taken that next step, I think he can progress to better races. So he's going to be very hard to beat. I've got five amenable in for second. He also came through the Caulfield Guineas where he ran, he ran well coming from off the pace. Nine Japanese Emperor created a big impression on the lakeside track on debut and then was a flop in the Guineas prelude. But of course, that race was run in shocking conditions. So I think you can forgive anything that went poorly in that race behind after cabin and four Pericles in for fourth. He was asked a fair bit in that uh, spring campaign to go to the Vars 1400 to 2000 and then back up a week later into the Derby. And they've obviously got a fair opinion of him, the Godolphin camp. So we'll be keeping him safe, but I'm keen on three from five, nine and four. Yeah. With the three as well, the fortune teller, uh, like the jump out leading into this, of course he went on to boo last preparation and then was very good in some, in some really good races last prep. So I think he can uh, go close first up. Also got a men a bull in for seconds. Uh, look, he got sort of got a long way back in his race's last preparation and was sort of the undoing of him a little bit, but he was he ran really well. The Guineas prelude running onto the third behind aft cabin and then very good in the Caulfield Guineas up to sixteen hundred meters. Into third I have the six Calico Jack. Um, whether he's as classy as a few of these, probably not, but he's the fit firing horse and he comes into this of two straight wins and in for fourth I got the two virtuous circle who um, I think will improve over further than this, no doubt about it. But uh, it goes he's good first up, last time in. Um, I think he's uh, he's uh, he can he's forward enough to to run well in this. But uh, three, five, six, and two are the numbers. Yeah, well, I actually am with Virtuous Circle on top. Uh, surprised to find that he was uh, nineteen dollars. Probably should have made him my ruffie on page two. But uh, I suppose the query is well, one query is uh, is he mainly a wet tracker, although one of his wins has been on good. And probably don't let the price put you off because he's won two of his five starts and uh, in those two wins he had $61 and $26. And then following that, a couple of placings in Group 2 races at the Valley. Race 3 at Sandown Hillside on Saturday. We now get into the Blue Diamond Preludes. The first of them is for the Colts, the Ladbrokes Blue Diamond Prelude, Colts and Geldings, 1,100 metres. Set weights at Group 3 level, also worth 300,000, Joel. Yeah, I'm with number 11, Amigo. Uh, had something on him in the Blue Diamond preview on Australia Day, and uh, he was very heavily backed and then unfortunately played up in the gates and was a late scratching, so he's had to go back to the jump outs. He's ticked the box there. Uh, I've liked what I've seen in all of his jump outs, really. He's a well-bred son of Schnitzel. Uh, the market has, um, he's attracted some support in, uh, support in the market again uh, for this race. So I think uh, there's a decent opinion of him. I'm going to go with him to beat the obvious in number one, Barber, who was uh, good on debut at Randwick, pretty sort of workmanlike with the right run, but then more impressive in the golden gift where he drew bad, went back and overcame trouble to win very impressively. So he'll be hard to beat. Seven Gangitano, very good on debut at Caulfield, running on strongly behind Little Bros. He's jumped out very well recently and have to respect the Perth horse, who's very well found in the market. Number three, Brave Halo, three from three and gets D Oliver from a good draw. 11 from one, seven and three. Really keen on the Godolphin Colt Barber here. Uh, Two unbeaten from two starts, and the winning golden gift was outstanding. He got a long way back, was a mile off from on the turn, um, and went down very well to, to somehow get up to overhaul infatuation near the line. It was an impressive win. He's come back and had the two trials, this preparation. Uh, both of those have been good to the eye. Hasn't really asked me to do much rise rider, but he's found the line nicely to, um, under his own seam, winning his most recent trial. I think he is a very smart colt and will be hard to beat here first up. In for second, I've got the three Brave Halo, the Western Australian colt who certainly from strength to strength. Last preparation is three wins. Uh, each of those was as impressive as the one before. Um, interesting to see how he met, uh, measures up against this sort of 
level of horse, but I think he's uh, he, he's one that certainly can. But the four in next, Corniche, uh, still a maiden, but two runs, his third and second at Mooney Valley and Sandown have been with a bit of few excuses um, here third up and gets a soft run from barrier one and in for fourth or at the seven Gangitano one three four seven similar for me with the obvious in Barber to beat Brave Halo Amigo and Gangitano one three eleven and seven and race four is the Phillies version it is uh, same sponsor same naming, same distance, same prize money. But for some reason, the Colts one is a group three and this one's a group two, which I won't go on about. Joel, what do you like here? I like number seven, Zuzuko. I've uh, always had a bit of time for her. She looked good in the spring and then didn't, um, didn't make it to the races. But she did make it to the races on Australia Day and was excellent. Uh, came off their backs on the turn and I thought she was going to win and then she didn't immediately find and... Thought she was going to run fifth, sixth, seventh. And then the last hundred, she really zoomed again and finished second. I thought it was a terrific debut. I think she she was over the odds there. I think she's over the odds again. And she'll be pretty hard to beat. Certainly, respecting number one, Charm Stone, is the hardest to beat. Uh, what she did in the spring was good. And her recent jump out was excellent. And the way the stable talk about her suggests she's pretty good. Uh, six party for two, the Queensland visitor, has looked pretty good, not beating much, but uh, has plenty of pace and can be in this for a long way. And two to Sonic Boom, who finished strongly to win that uh, preview beating Zusuko. Have to include her in my numbers. Seven from one, six and two. Yeah, with one on top, um, Charmstone, I was confident in this as I was in the, in the uh, Colts and Goldings uh, prelude, but yeah, Charmstone looks a very promising filly, as Joel said. The stable have been quite effusive in their praise for this horse. Um, jump, recent jump out was very good, and she's on top for me here. In for second, I have the uh, five Shadow Fear, Luke Fernie trained runner from Ascot. Uh, two wins, Ascot have been, you know, she's done enough in both of those. Um, looks to be a, a filly with a good upside. The, Stable quite keen to bring uh, her over after the first win. So, obviously, long thought, high opinion of this filly. And she just did enough uh, last start, $1.14 favourite. So, I think she's got a plenty of improvement to come. And she is third up. Um, a few of these are resuming, obviously. In for third, I have the two, Dasonic Boom. Impressive win to the eye on debut. And in for fourth, the Queenslander party for two. One, five, two and six. I am with the WA Philly Shadow Fear. I think it might be a big day for visitors from off-Broadway jurisdictions, WA, Queensland, New Zealand, uh, to beat Charmstone, Sonic Boom and Zuko, 5, 1, 2 and 7. Race 5 at Sandown Hillside on Saturday. Senate, Kevin Hayes Stakes, also 1,100 metres. This one is for the three-year-old Phillies, set weights and penalties, at Group 3 level, Joel? 12, Rich Fortune for me. Uh, she was very well fancied on debut at Mornington and went down narrowly, perhaps just the lack of experience that proved costly. But then she returned off a bit of a break and was super impressive at Mooney Valley, running fast time as a maiden, winning a benchmark 70. I thought it was a terrific effort. She's jumped out really well since for Craig Williams, who takes the ride. Here and speaking to Jerome Hunter through the week, he sounded very bullish. So I'm happy to back her each way and have a saver on two, Queen of the Ball, because she's always been a favourite of mine. And when she gets conditions to suit, which is a fairly firm track, uh, she will be hard to beat. She has often struck wet tracks throughout her career, but I think on dry ground, she settles on speed. And I think is over the odds here. Seven, Sathira in for third. We haven't seen her for 12 months. She won on debut, the Lonro Plate, and then went to the Silver Slipper and ran third behind Best of Bordeaux. So there's a bit of quality about her. Um, you know, she'll improve with the run, no doubt, but uh, in the right camp to have them ready to go for, for a listed race first up. And in for fourth, I've got number 13, Doucet, uh, coming back from her run against the older horses in the Christmas stakes behind Jigsaw, which looks a, a pretty good benchmark for this sort of race. But 12 on top from 2, 7 and 13. It's a very open race, but I quite like one of double-figure odds in the 11, Gianti uh, from the Snowden camp. Her debut win at Flemington was uh, was outstanding. She was over 1,100 metres of 
pretty handy two-year-old Phillies race, and she won by nearly four lengths. He's down. Um, quite not many horses can do that over the over the straight by a margin like that. It was on debut, and as I said, there were some pretty handy horses in behind her. She then went to Caulfield, was a little bit wrong in the run, um, and beat all after on bone, who's sort of gone on with it since. She had the one run last prep in a listed race, um, and just sort of didn't fire. It was a little bit of a plain one, plain run, started $4.80, so right in the market there, and was a bit disappointed to the eye, but was put away after that. Her two jump-out wins this prep have been very good. She's been set straight to the front and led in both of those. Um, I think she's a, a really promising filly, and I think if she runs to her best, she's a, a she's sort of a $5 chance in this, I would have thought. So, Gianti each way um, for me. The 11. In for second, I have the five, Wee Messi, which is a, quite a nice filly. All her wins have come on wet tracks, but she has run well on top of the ground as well. Um, in for third, I have the six laced up heels, the WA visitor. Uh, looks a nice uh, horse, certainly going places. She's won three or six, so always thereabouts. And in for fourth, I have the seven, Cythera. 11567. Uh, again, I'm with the WA Philly laced up heels uh, with that defeat of Amelia's Jewel on the CV. Very uh, tempting form to be H2O. She's Lickety Split and Rich Fortune 6 for 1 and 12. First leg of the quaddy at Sandown on Saturday is race 6. McCafe Rubiton Stakes, 1100 metres, set weights and penalties. At Group 2 level, Joel sees uh, the return of Marine 1, who was last seen winning this race last year. Yeah, it's a pretty open sort of a race. Marine 1, just outside of my top four, uh, but certainly a chance. I've gone with number five, Uncommon James. Uh, big fan of this horse. He was just all the rage at Caulfield when winning the Regal Roll, very heavily backed and got the job done in impressive style. Um, no doubt he's headed for... A group one assignment, but I think he can win this on the way through. Uh, very hard to beat. I've got the three-year-old in for second, Lofty Strike. Wasn't able to win through the spring, but ran some beauty races. Fourth in the Coolmore and then went down only a length in the VRC Classic where drew the inside barrier there against Rock and Horse. So I think he's right in the game here. Four, Kemmel Passer. Doesn't have the upside of some of the others, but he's very honest and he gets the right draw just to sit on speed or just behind the lead and, and get every chance. And six, Chain of Lightning. I uh, gave her the nod just ahead of Marine One for the fourth spot. Um, look, she showed good sort of promise to get out over longer last time in, but I think these shorter trips, uh, probably her go for now. Five from 12, four and six. With the very promising Uncommon James on top. He's won his past five. He you know, did it quite easily in Queensland. Whether he beat a lot there was um, and to be seen. But then he come to... Melbourne was well backed in uh, at the in the Regal Roller and was a dominant of a really nice run in transit, but he put away a pretty handy field there. I think he can add to his picket fence here and uh, and win. So he's on top for me. The five, twelve in next lofty strike, promising Snitzel Colt. Um, seldom yet to run a bad race in his five starts. He hasn't won since winning uh, on this day last year, um, but the three runs in good races last preparation um, were, were excellent, including uh, good runs in the Coolmore Stud Stakes and the VRC Classic down the straight. So clearly deserves a, a win sooner rather than later with a bit of a drought, but very promising horse. And he's going to go close in this one Marine one. Um, he goes well, fresh, building up a good record and in for fourth. I have the six chain of lightning, another with a very good winning record. Good race, five, 12, one, six. And I'll make it unanimous for Uncommon James to be Chain of Lightning, Generation and Chem Alpasa, 5, 6, 3 and 4. The big one is Race 7, second leg of the Quaddy at Sandown Hillside on Saturday. Ladbrokes, CF4 Stakes, 1,400 metres, standard weight for age, Group 1, 750,000, 1,400 metres. Joel? Yeah, I'm with uh, number 6, Aegon here. He... I think he's over the odds of 20 to 1. He should get firmish conditions to suit him. Uh, we saw in the spring that he'd come back to something like his best. He was able to win at Caulfield and then went to the Cantala. Very good there, finishing fourth. Uh, he went out 50 to 1. He got well back and really hit the line well. On that run, he's right up to being a, a, you know, a top four chance in this. And, he, and I think he's big odds. So I've got him on top. 
probably have a saver on Tuvalu uh, resuming. He just should get the right run in transit, just following Gentleman Roy. And uh, they have put the blinkers on first time here. Uh, Jared Fry's always sort of thought the blinkers might work for him. They probably just haven't needed to because he's been going so well. But I guess getting up to this uh, Group 1 weight for age level now, nowhere to hide. So they've pulled the blinkers out and put them on. And I think it'd be very hard to beat. 10 Jackano never really were confident about him winning, but then he was very strong late first up in the Manfred. Uh, he'll be finishing strongly and seven gentlemen, Roy, uh, just like the fight of this horse. He'll lead and he'll give you a great sight. Six from three, 10 and seven. With the seven on top, gentlemen, Roy, uh, love this horse. How can you not? He's so tough up on the speed, sustain a gallop and sustain, and you know, can absorb some pressure um, and have plenty in the locker at the end. He's, was very good first up, um, you know, taking on some pretty fit horses, and he was able to lead and hold them off. An impressive performance, and he was strong late, which was which is clearly his uh, one of his better attributes. See a second up, he's won two of three, uh, two of three second up, including winning the Sandown Stakes um, his time of the prep last time in. I think he's going to be really hard to catch, and he maps here to lead this for fun. So seven on top for me, gentlemen, Roy. I've got the five in next Western Empire. He's a big price. Uh, he's had two runs at 1,200 metres. Don't think that, that, that's his go. Uh, he's missed a start in those more badly in Mooney Valley last start and was well beaten there. But the race shape was clearly against. I think his two runs have been better than the form suggests. Um, but now he gets out to a, a, a steps up in distance of 1,400 metres. I just think he's one that's over the odds. And you know, if he can sort of get back to somewhere near his best, he's uh, certainly better than a 50, 50 to one pop. So Western Empire in for second. I've got Jack and O and I'm Thunderstruck, the two price Kent runners in for third and fourth. Seven, five, ten, one. Uh, yeah, look, I rate, I reckon that Aegon's over the odds and that's why I have got him as my page two roughy, but I went for the three-year-old on top, Jack and O, to beat Aegon. I'm Thunderstruck, two Valu, 10, six, one and three. Last of the black type races, at Sandown Hillside on Saturday in third leg of the Quadiers race, eight, Big Screen Company, TS Carline Cup, 1,600 metres, set weights and penalties for four-year-olds. And up, Joel. Yeah, this race was a bit of a puzzle. I've gone for Normandy Bridge. He might be one run short and looking for 2,000 there, the queries. But I thought he did enough first up at 1,400. He wasn't really, um, you know, hammered to the line. And I thought he was uh, pretty good. Step up and trip helps. It's just whether he needs one more and a little bit further. But uh, good odds, I'll just have a, a lazy dollar on him for an interest. Five corner pocket, probably the one to beat. He's consistent. He'll put himself on speed. He'll just give you a great sight. Six sunshine rising, the uh, horse returned from Hong Kong. Uh, very good in the festival. And then just uh, ignore the run in the AM. He had a, a tough run from barrier 19. He actually ran pretty well. Uh, draws barrier four, Blake Shin to ride for Mark Newham. He'll be competitive and 12 pounding. Uh, steps up a little bit in class, meets corner pocket a lot worse at the weights for that last run. So I'd say he would have pounding's measure, but I uh, couldn't leave pounding out of the numbers. 14, 5, 6, 12. Yeah, found this one tough. And with the five corner pocket, um, Joel said, so consistent, so honest. He'll settle hand. He's drawn well. Stable flying at the moment. I think they're 30% in the last 50 runners or thereabouts. So clearly informed the Lindsay Smith camp. Um, and I think corner pockets are one to beat in this. Six, Sunshine Rising. So we've got a little bit to learn about this horse. And it's been a, a while since his last win, but he was racing in some pretty good races um, in Hong Kong. He's had two runs in Australia. I thought both have been quite good. The Festival Stakes and, and the uh, Ingham at the end of last year. So he certainly can win this first up. He's won three of eight first up. So he can run a race fresh. In for third, I've got the three Crosshaven. Uh, can mix his form, but he's going well of late. He can hold that form as a chance. And in for fourth, the 12 pounding. Five, six, three, twelve. Yeah, I thought the corner pocket pounding form was the key. And as Joel mentioned, with that weight swing, corner pocket should be... Uh, having Pounding's measure, so I've got corner pocket on top. In fact, made him my best to beat Pounding, Sunshine Rising and Mankayan. 5, 12, 6 and 10. That is my best race 8, number 5, corner pocket. My value bet, race 5, number 6, glazed up heels. Uh, but 
I think uh, for a price, I'd be thinking race two, number two, Virtuous Circle. Joel's best is in race two. That's number three, The Fortune Teller. His value bet, race five, number 12, Rich Fortune. Dan's best, race three, number one, Barber. And value bet, race five, number 11, Agarnati. Um, Rambling, as I mentioned, is the venue for Sydney Racing on Saturday and the black type. Kicks off in race five. It is the Diwali Thoroughbreds Southern Cross Stakes 1,200-metre Group 3 quality handicap, Joel. Yeah, I've gone for number five, Quantico. He's a good horse. We've seen that since he's been gelded. He strung a few wins together and then was set a task first up in the new market and was drawn the wrong spot. It was just a complete forgive run. So it's been a while between runs. His two trials have been really good. He's been a little bit keen, if anything, but I think he's just been ready to rip and they just haven't let him go. So I've gone his way. It's a pretty open race. Three Gravina, you know what you'll get from him. He'll posse in the first three or four and get, uh, you know, give his best. He, he'll get every chance. Uh, two Mr. Mozart, his first two runs last prep at 1,300 were very good. And then the barrier uh, ruined his chances in the Golden Eagle. And 10 Espiona, well, she's just got to step up this prep. Uh, first up last time in in the Scirocco, she was pretty plain, uh, but drew eight, and then she drew 14 in the Golden Pendant. Drawn one here, so she can settle a bit closer, get a cheaper run, and we might see the best of her. Uh, check the market, though, for a bit of more of a guide. Five on top from three, two, and ten. I'm with the five on top, Quantico. Not confident, though. He's a, a really good horse. But he's obviously won six from 11. Um, that one run last prep. I guess the, the query is... is nearly a year since his most recent run, but uh, I think he finds a pretty winnable race here first up and the race of little confidence. I got him on top 10 Espiona in next. Um, she Look, she, she was solid last preparation. I think there would have been people expecting better. She has burnt bunces and that, that's no doubt about that. Um, but I didn't, I, th- I, th- I thought her form last prep was okay. Uh, she has trialed well leading into this and with 53 kilos on her back, she's certainly got to be considered three Gravina and two Mr. Mozart, third and fourth. But happy to set this one out. Five, ten, three, four, two. Race six at Randwick on Saturday is a restricted listed affair, but it's worth two million bucks. It's the English Millennium, 1,100 metres of set weights for two-year-olds and uh, restricted, of course, to graduates of English sales. Joel with 16 to face the starter. Yeah, big field of two-year-olds, but I'm very confident with number 14, Kundalini. Uh, she trialled well before the debut. She had only had the one trial. She sat on speed and beat all but the smart Don Corleone, who will hopefully give us uh, another tick in terms of the form line when he goes around in the first race on the program. I just reckon with that only having one trial, she's going to come out of that debut run with a stack of improvement. She's drawn well. $1.7 million filly. So there's a bit going for her, and I think she'll be very hard to beat. I'll have a little saver on Lazago, number 10, because she won well on debut, and I thought her recent trial was very good. She just looked to be absolutely bolting up the straight. Uh, I think you can back both of them and hopefully make a profit. I've got nine for Sile in for third. I was a bit worried about her just with her, her early trials, because she looked a real just sort of jump and run to the front and you know, might have been a bit weak, but I thought she showed good fight on debut and only narrowly grabbed. And they did ride her off speed in the same trial as Lazago, and I thought she reacted pretty well. So I think she's in the mix, and I've got learning to fly in for fourth. She's just going to need a little bit of luck from that wide gate, but clearly has very good ability. 14 from 10, 9, and 8. I'm with Mexico on top here. It was due to run in a two-year-old race uh, last week, got scratched at the gates, and the sale will make the nearest sunrise came out and win. I think he would have gone close to winning that race if he um, if he ran. His two uh, trials have been very, very good. Mine let run along in those and showing off his superior speed, um, defeating Barber in one of those trials. I think he's a big chance here and then well over the odds, Mexico. So in for, uh, in for first, I've got him. In for second, I have the 10. Uh, a go who impressive win at Randwick. Um on the taboo and I think we'll take benefit from that in for second in for third I've got the eight learning to fly we'll need some luck from the wide draw but uh, like the win over Steel City in the wooden on taboo and in for fourth I've got the 14 Kundalini 2 10 8 14 
Race seven at Randwick is the TAB Light Fingers Stakes. 1,200 metre group two, set weights, three-year-old fillies, Joel. Unfortunately, we've lost Zugotcha. It was looking like a real uh, good clash between her and In Secret and several other fillies that aren't out of it. But I think In Secret is the obvious and she's short enough, but I think she deserves to be. She looks A-grade. She's been in the Quinella all six of her starts. She's beaten the boys twice in a group two and a group one and been beaten a lip by Jackano in the Golden Rose and she just maps perfectly from gate three. So she ticks really all of the boxes and should be very hard to beat. Four, Madame Pomery will get better over further like we saw in the spring, but really liked her trial and I wouldn't be shocked if she ran a, a big race here. Uh, eight, Wolverine, I think will be hitting the line hard. She got a bit too far back first up in the Silver Shadow last prep. Uh, if she can be a little bit closer, then it gives her place claims. And 11 Sunshine in Paris. Uh, she's the one coming through some different form lines, but uh, she towered with the older rivals last time out, in, uh, albeit with 50 kilos, but she sat deep and just won very arrogantly. So I wouldn't be surprised if she could measure up. Uh, one on top from 4, 8 and 11. Yeah, about dollar ninety at the moment you can get this in secret, but I think that's a great price for her with, this, with the scratching of Zoo Gotcha. Uh, she looks, this looks her race to lose. It really does. Um, obviously, she's taken on a field with a few classy, um, few, few classy fillies here. But I think most of them are going to need the run or need a little bit further than this. She can fire first up at 1,200 metres in secret. She, of course, won the uh, the Coolmore Stud Stakes over this trip at the end of the spring in a, in a dominant fashion. And the rain, well, the likely wet track in Sydney, based on the weather I'm seeing today in uh, in Sydney, she, she handles the, the wet track if it, if it does come to that. So she's clearly on top and she's the best bet all day for me. The seven, uh, sorry, the one in race seven. In for second, I have the 11 Sunshine in Paris, who uh, was a fit filly in form. Carried the lightweight last start and sat wide. It was too good there. Um, she's a horse that, you know, there's obviously a big, big step up, but she. Face, she's fit and faces a few of these who will need the run, as I mentioned. Two Fireburn, um, 1,200 metres first up, maybe not his go, not her go considering she's sort of been trained for the longer trips, but she has a good record over the distance in the past, so she can't be totally discounted. And in for fourth, I have the six North Star Lass who will be up on the speed and um, we'll give him something to chase. One, 11, two and six. The big one at Randwick on Saturday's race, 8 TAB Apollo Stakes, 1,400-metre group, two weight for age. As I mentioned, sees the return of Animo, did win over the track and trip in a group one, the Winx Stakes, uh, at the start of last campaign. But overall, group one record is okay, but uh, nothing sensational and is fairly short, Joel. And as I mentioned earlier, you've found one to knock him off. Yeah, well, as Daniel touched on, They've had a bit of rain in Sydney today and it looks like they've had more than we expected. So that's no good for my tip in fangirl, but 30 degrees Friday, Saturday. So hopefully that dries it out. We're no worse than a soft five because if we're soft five or better, I think fangirl's a top hope of rolling animo. It was a soft five in the Wink stakes back in the spring. She got back to last, had the best last 200 of the meeting and animo just parked behind the lead and, and had every chance. And then we, Obviously didn't see the best of Fangirl next two. Soft seven, heavy eight. That's not her go. And she finally got a good track in the Golden Eagle. And she came from a shocking barrier and got beaten the lip by I wish I win. So she's top class on a dry track. And if we get that, she can win. But obviously we're just monitoring conditions. Animo, the one to beat. Uh, Laws of Indices ran a cracker over in Hong Kong behind California Spangle and Golden 60. That's elite form. And he showed in the spring that he was not far off this level with these placings in the Turak and Rupert Clark. And in for fourth, the query runner is El Bodegon. Just how much speed has uh, Chris Waller been able to inject into him? He was third in the Cox Plate on his local debut. And if uh, he's got a bit more sharpness about him, then clearly he's good enough to be competitive. But uh, 11 for me from 1, 3 and 9. Yeah, I'm with Fangirl on top as well. Uh, that rain, The weather is a query, but I'm sitting in... Randwick now, and for the better part, better part of two hours, it's been thunder and rain, quite heavy rain. So we'll need to be quite sunny on Friday and Saturday for it to, um, yeah, hopefully good four, soft five, good four. Fangirl, I think it's a big chance if, it, if it's those conditions. Really, really liked her trial, a hot trial as well. Um, we know she comes to hand well fresh. Uh, very, very classy mare. And, I, you know, even though she didn't win last preparation, she was outstanding in some good races. Um, 
thought she was home in, home in the Golden Eagle. I cheered for her a little bit too loud down the straight, and I wish our win was uh, too good. But, yeah, fangirl, I think she can hopefully get the conditions to suit. And if so, she'll be a hard to beat. I'm with you, Joel. I think she's a... Um, I think she'll be hard to beat conditions to suit, as I said. So 11 on top, in for second at the one, Animo. Obviously, the uh, the class horse of the field. We know how good he is, the Cox Plate winner in the spring. Um, and, yeah, put together four in a row last preparation. So he's clearly the one to beat, as the market suggests. Two, Mwanga can run, can run a good race fresh and um, look, probably prefers dry ground, but has run well on... Uh, affected ground two and in for fourth I have the nine El Bodigon 11-1-2-9 and race nine at Randwick on Saturday Robrick Lodge Triskay stakes 1200 metre quality for the mares at group three level John yeah tricky sort of a race um, not sure there's much speed and for that reason I think 12 Per Royale gets her chance to measure right up here uh, I think she can cross over from a little bit of an awkward gate put herself on speed. She drops sharply in weight to 53. She's got the fitness under the belt and 1,200 suits better than 1,100 last time, which she was still able to overcome and win. So I think it's just the right scenario for her to measure up to a black type race. Um, I am a big fan of the Kiwi Bellatrix Black. I was following her in New Zealand through on an Oaks path uh, this time last year. And she obviously caught the eye of Australian bloodstock. 1,200, probably too short, but, gee, she's been trialling well. So just watch the market, and if there's any bit of support, um, you can be a bit more confident. Seven, jump the broom. She didn't have any luck at all last prep. Uh, she drew wide gates. She had wide runs, and then she still managed a, a black-type placing on Geelong Cup Day behind Turath. Barrier three, she gets a sweet run here, and prior to that forgive run in the Cochrane last prep, she was unbeaten first up. So I think she's well worth respecting. And two, Norwegian Bliss. Won seven from eight. The only defeat was against a pretty handy male in Crosshaven at the end of last prep. So she is going to take plenty of beating as well. But 12 on top from 10, seven and two. With well, the, oh, sorry, go on, Dan. Sorry. No, you're right. Uh, two on top, Norwegian Bliss. Um, very classy mare. She, of course, tackled a group three race at Melbourne last prep and um, lost to Crosshaven of all horses. Um, but it was a good run nonetheless. Her first sort of crack at that level. She's won a trial leading into this prep and um, unbeaten first up. So she's on top for me. For Jamea, thought it ran really well on the Gold Coast first up. We'll take benefit from that run. 12, Kerr Royale, the fit horse, and three Larkspur run as a case fresh as well. 2, 4, 12, 3. All righty. And to sum up, Randwick on Saturday, Joel's best race six, number 14, Kundalini. Dan's best race seven, number one, in secret. And both... Our men are going for Fangirl as the value bet race eight, number 11. But do check that weather because uh, I believe it was fairly biblical in Sydney today. So it's going to have to dry out fairly substantially. Uh, Morfittville main track is the venue for Adelaide racing on Saturday. And there is a black type race previously known as the Birthday Cup, and it is now called the Premier's Plate. 2019-metre listed quality dances uh, for Lee Rose come back, the former very promising uh, staying mayor who uh, had a very forgettable spring. But uh, what did you like in the Premier's Plate? Yeah, decent little racist. Um, I've gone the two, Sabona on top, who... Resumed in the Strathalbyn Cup uh, a couple of weeks back, and what his run was really good. He was a long way off them on the turn. He was uh, had to get back from that wide draw. He's at the 60 kilos on his back, but he really found the line nicely. I thought it was a very good effort first up from him. Um, second up into this and drops to 54 kilos. Of course, it's a it's a tougher race, but I think that's decent enough form for this with that run under his belt. So the two on top, Sabona for me. In for second, I have the eight, the map, who I think is a very promising staying mare in South Australia. Uh, 1,600 metres, a little bit too short for her first up, but it was a solid enough uh, hit out. She's going to really uh, improve out in trip here. In for third, I have the six, Clever Man, very consistent horse. He's, it's been a while since the last win, but he's thereabouts. He'll settle handy and um, he'll be winning one soon. And in for fourth, I've got the classy mare, Trelee Rose, uh, two, eight, six, one. 
All right, tell us about your specials at Morfordville on Saturday. Yeah, best comes up in race five with the uh, sorry no race four with the five Jean Valjean, uh, Jean Valjean. Sorry, uh, very good at Mooney Valley last start. Sent to Melbourne for a bit of a hit and run mission and couldn't run down uh, Mama Reagan who had the gun run near the speed, but he came he came quickly um, this horse and hit the line strongly. It was a nice effort. This is an easier race and he looks well placed here. Um, to get a soft run from barrier three with Ben Price on board, who knows the horse well. So race forward, number five, the best. Um, next best comes up in the last. I'm with Bellman, as I said, Lindsay Smith stable on fire at the moment. He was excellent at Warnable last start. He was rising to uh, this sort of trip there, 1,700 metres, back and wide, found the line nicely. And I think the, the, the slight rising trip here will help. He's a lightly raced gelding with a bit of upside. And the best value comes up in race eight. State of Maine at about 14 to one is a big price. I think he's a, she's a good mare. Um, just had too much to do last time. Prior to that, she's midfield behind Rote to Arataki. And then before that, she'd won three in a row. So this is a right sort of race. Um, won't get as far back from the good draw this time around. And Harry Grace, who's rode her to two of her wins, um, gets back on board. Race eight, number 15, State of Maine. I think it's a good roughie. Uh, Joel, any thoughts on Adelaide? Uh, I liked Kentucky Casanova, race five, number seven, still in at Mooney Valley on Friday night as well. So just uh, check wherever he goes, but I think it'd be hard to beat in either race. And my one at each way odds is race eight, number seven, Belmont Avenue. He's already been specced at decent odds. Uh, I thought the first up run at Murray Bridge was very good off a long break with 60 kilos, beat all but Fleur Flipper, drops three kilos, bar in Worcester, stays on board. And yeah, I think he's still around 7 or $8, which I think is still a good price. Doombin is the venue for Brisbane Racing on Saturday. Big fields as usual, Dan. And uh, your best comes up fairly late in the day. Yeah, end of the tough day at Doombin. Um, best, uh, I'm keen on the best, though. Snow zone in race eight. Um, contested the Magic Moon sprint last start. He held his own there. He's only two and a half lengths off King of Sparta. I think it's really good form for this. Back to Doombin is a tick. He's won six of 18 here and placed in a further five starts. So he really gets around this circuit well. 1,200 metres uh, is his go as well. So Snow Zone, um, Andrew Malley knows the horse well. And this looks, looks this looks a nice race for him. So on otherwise tough day, race eight, number five is the best. Uh, I think Relucent in race four is worth a couple of bucks each way, sort of around that 50 to one mark. Um, was well beaten in the Sunshine Coast Cup last start, but the field, the big field strung out there. He was sort of last um, there and was thought the last sort of 200 metres was really good, even though he never really looked a winning hope. He did make some ground really late over that sort of shorter trip, up in trip here, 1,600 metres. Um, he always well, runs well around this sort of distance range. His most recent win came of 1,500 metres at Port Macquarie in a pretty decent race. I think Relucent here, well over the odds. Good goes well second up and um, 54 kilos after the claim. So, yeah, race four, four, number seven, Relucent, the best value. Joel, just spot anything in Brisbane? No, nothing for me there, Bucks. All righty, we will head across to Ascot where there are two uh, listed races. You've got the uh, Challenge Stakes over 1,500 metres and the Cyril Flower over 1,200. And... Our Perth man, Greg Hooper, in the challenge, likes, uh, which is race seven, likes number two, all the King's men to beat three, Admiration Express, seven, feels playful, and one, Santorio. And in race eight, which is the Cyril Flower, he likes eight, My Bella May, to beat three, Snipperucci, four, Angelic Miss, and nine, Fanta. Hoops is best race four, number one, Casino 17. Value bet race five, number four, Gun Metal Grey. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman, Joel, as I mentioned earlier, we got a couple of big group ones at Tarapa. Yeah, indeed. It's a great day's racing over there in New Zealand. Uh, we've got the Wait for Age Herbie Dyke Stakes for the uh, over 2,000 metres. And we see a couple of three-year-olds at the head of the betting. Sharp and smart, a horse we know quite well, of course, the Victoria Derby runner-up. And Wild Knight, who's uh, just been building a terrific profile over in New Zealand. So they're using this as a lead-up to the New Zealand derby. I've got Sharp and Smart on top. I've thrown in Campionessa, uh, the in-form mare in for second, with Wild Knight 
for third and Asterix last season's New Zealand derby winner just sort of went, a, went around behind them first up and didn't do a lot but then improved sharply second up so he's got uh, a fair bit of improvement to come in, uh, in in him this prep I would have thought and the other group one this is the proper race uh, the BCD group sprint over 1400 race eight uh, half of the 12 were already group one winners and another four are group one place getters and we're going to see a few of them in Australia very uh, very shortly uh, I'm saying all that. I've gone for the three-year-old filly, Maven Bell. This is a big task, but sometimes you only get one or two chances to get a good price about a very good horse. And I think she is a very good horse. She's won six from seven and probably shouldn't have lost uh, when she finished third behind. Uh, she's lickety split in a group one last season. Uh, she has won both starts this time in. She's going to get a lovely run from the draw and she gets the weight pull. So at good odds, are we having something each way on her from two Dragon Leap? Gets his chance to win a Group 1. Levante, number 6 and 5, Imperatrice. And obviously, 7, La Creek. Uh, three top-class mares and can all win without surprising my best. At Tarapa is Chevelle Dior, race 9, number 14. Two runs, two-thirds, step-up and distance suits. Just got way too far back last start, but I think can break through on Saturday. And I've made Maven Bell in race 8 my value bet. And at Rickerton down the South Island... My best is race five, number 13, Zara Vela. Four starts to date and has just showed steady improvement on each occasion. All runs have been at 1,400. She was wide last time and stuck on really well for second. I think she wants a mile now and this looks a pretty winnable maiden. And my value bet, well, I've got to go again with Ehu, race six, number six. Um, had him last week as the value bet and he... Uh, reared on jumping and, and threw the jockey off. So uh, we did our money cold, unfortunately, but um, I'll be giving him another chance. Gets a three-kilo claim this week, so gets him with no weight, 53 kilos, and if he's on his best behaviour, he can win. All right, just before we get to the Lazy Lobsters, the other black type around Australia on the weekend is in Hobart, the two-day carnival, Friday and Sunday. It's going to be said it's um, in terms of numbers and competitiveness it is not the greatest Hobart carnival I have seen and uh, the first of the black type races is on Friday and that's race four the Graham family funerals struts bakes 2100 meters for the three-year-old fillies and there's going to be a very short price favorite here in number two sole choice for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott comes off a close second to Dunkel uh, in fact a couple of seconds to Dunkel and Dunkel is going to be just as short in the Tasmanian Derby, which is the next race. So sole choice not uh, having to race Dunkel this time because she's back against the girls uh, is going to be very hard to topple. Uh, race five, Dunkel. Uh, so that's race four, number two. Race five, number one, Dunkel. Uh, well, has just been uh, has been winning pretty convincingly. The Sandown Flemington then went across and uh, beat uh, what Tasmania had to offer in the Launceston Guineas. Should go on his winning way, has only been beaten once, but it should be said that uh, our man in Tassie, Adam Williams, reckons uh, that Berserker, one of the locals, number five, might knock off Dunkel, who is number one, the most competitive black-type race on Friday, with uh, 13 to place the starter, is the Kevin Sharkey bow mistress, 1,200 metres, weight for age for fillies and mares. I am with number five for real life to beat one Dance to Dubai, 12 in her stride, and three Belciel, while Adam Williams likes 13 Queenborough Flyer to beat 11 Summer Fire, nine Emily, and one Dance to Dubai. Uh, across to Sunday, which of course is Hobart Cup Day these days, and uh, we've got two black type races, and there's going to be a short price favourite in one of those, and that is being race six, the Graham family funerals, Thomas Lyons stakes, wait for age at 1,400 metres and the inevitable has been taking all before him over there this summer. He's uh, hoping to press on to the All-Star Mile next month and will be very hard to beat off at the inevitable to beat Rebel Factor, Alpine Wolf and Mandela Effect 1, 8, 5 and 2. And then the Hobart Cup itself is race eight, 2,400 metre handicap. With 300,000 at Group 3 level, and I am with, as my best for the day, the Annabelle Nisham-trained Spirit Ridge, the import, to beat Ain't No Deal Done, Swoop Dog, and Military Mission 1, 6, 2, and 5. That wraps up the preview section of the podcast, brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters.
last week but uh, just shouldn't have been so weak as to go each way on glory days but that still uh, did pay about eight bucks and uh, two dollars something so uh, returned us uh, a decent profit overall and increased my uh, my profit margin for this season and uh, increased my lead I would say over you two so uh, it's a bit like the uh, it's a bit like that uh, office worker who never watches the footy and uh, wins, uh, wins the footy tipping event. Anyway, how are you, you going to hit back, Joel? I'm going to hit back in the rich English millennium. Um, yeah, crazy probably for going for the two-year-old race, but uh, Kundalini, I think she's very gifted. I think she'll win. Race six, number 14. I could dead set stop a runaway train at the moment. Um, I'm going weak. <laughs> I'm going a little bit weak here, but I think she is the best thing all day. Whether it rain, hail or shine, wet or dry truck, I think in secret will be winning um, and winning well. So I'm a 20 on her. Ran with race seven, number one. And I am going to Sandown where uh, race eight, number five is corner pocket is uh, my $20 bet for the weekend. Uh, that wraps up the podcast. Just leaves us to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. All the form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Your favourite features and plenty of great reading besides. It is online now. It is in shops first thing Friday morning. Enjoy the weekend, punters. Back plenty of winners. We'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.